Good afternoon, everyone. Apparently, you can just uh, swim away your pain by jumping in a lake. A bracing swim in the great outdoors, it could be just the thing to help you cope with your anxiety, at least according to one expert with a pond load of first-hand experience. So we'll have the latest details. In the headlines and the update this Monday, fire officials say that a lithium-ion battery, a common source of fires in this city, killed one person and 17 others at that apartment building in Harlem. We'll have details. In Connecticut, nearly four months after a judge tossed out the results of that mayoral primary in the largest city in that state and ordered a new election, the race there, it still remains in limbo. Mets fans are having that unnerving feeling as Mets owner Steve Cohen doesn't anticipate resolving Pete Alonso's future with the team until after the season. And in Decision 2024, Nikki Haley says that it's not the end of our story, despite the former president's easy primary victory in South Carolina. This is the update, Monday, February the 26th, 2024. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world. This is the update with Brandon Julian. A three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gents, to the update on a Monday. It is the start of a brand new week for us together around here. Fresh off President's Week vacation for many people who work in the school system. If you managed to have that week off, hopefully you had a good week off. Or if you didn't, hopefully you had a good weekend at least. You know, after how long of being teased of warmth, it feels like the warmth is finally here. It's going to be in the 50s, at least for a little bit. Winter technically is not done yet until the start of meteorological... I'm pretty sure I spent that wrong, said that wrong. So, <laughs> so the beginning of spring in the world of weather, the meteorologists, it starts on Friday. So we'll see what else uh, winter can throw at us in its last gasps. But there's also a lot of stuff that happened in the last week, and there's a lot to get to today. So let's uh, get right to things, shall we? I'm Brandon Julian, of course. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, personally, that you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. We are going to begin this Monday's proceedings. With a common source of fires that have been happening in the city of New York lately, those lithium-ion batteries. 
Hundreds of them have been linked to them over the last few years. They power, of course, e-bikes and scooters. Well, fire officials say that fire up in Harlem that killed one and injured 17 others and an apartment building was sparked by a lithium-ion battery. The cause of the two-alarm fire on uh, Friday was announced on Saturday over the weekend. It happened just before 2 o'clock in the afternoon on the third floor of that six-story building. NYPD video, it shows firefighters being lowered by ropes from the roof to rescue people trapped on the building's upper floors. The FDNY, they have repeatedly issued warnings and also given out safety tips. Now, on to some of the other news of this Monday. And in Chinatown, dragons, they took a starring role at the Lunar New Year Parade. After all, of course, it is the year of the dragon in the Chinese Zodiac. Hundreds of revelers, they filled the cold, clear air yesterday with the sound of drums, cymbals, and puffs of confetti. Lions and lanterns instruments were interspersed with a dozen groups carrying traditional dragon puppets, which stretched up to 65 feet long. Fireworks, parades, and other Lunar New Year rituals are centered around removing bad luck and welcoming prosperity. Uh, with the symbolic new, new lunar cycle, it ended earlier this week with the full moon. The parade in Manhattan was still scheduled for the weekend. this town, the tributes are pouring in for Flacco the Owl. You know, he was a local celebrity in this town. He escaped from the Central Park Zoo over a year ago. He was found dead on Friday on the Upper West Side after apparently flying and striking into a building. And now zoologists are investigating the contributing factors into Flacco's death. Uh, they confirmed over the weekend that he died from a as we said, a traumatic impact after reportedly striking a building. Further testing is going to determine if illness from disease or ingesting toxins contributed to the owl's death. Uh, police, though, are still searching for the person who cut a hole in his enclosure over a year ago that allowed him to escape. Fans of Flacco have written eulogies and have proposed to construct a statue in his honor. Talking Decision 2024 over the border in Bridgeport in Connecticut. The voters there are going to the polls yet again. Nearly four months after a judge tossed out the results of a mayoral primary city in Connecticut and ordered a new election, the race there still remains in limbo. With a do-over general elections for tomorrow, it's the fourth time that registered Democrats will have voted in this protracted race, and many voters in Bridgeport just want it to be over. The judge in this case cited surveillance video showing mishandled absentee ballots in his decision. These videos also fueled skepticism about the security of U.S. elections. In the final days of this race, uh, the incumbent mayor, Joe Gannam, has picked up some key endorsements, including from the governor of this state, Ned Lamont.
Back here in the city limits, the longtime head of the NRA, that's the National Rifle Association, uh, Wayne LaPierre, he apparently misspent millions of dollars of the organization's money, using the funds to pay for an extravagant lifestyle that included exotic getaways and trips on private planes and also super yachts. At least that's what the jury determined on Friday, ordering him to repay almost $4.5 million. Jurors also found that the NRA omitted or misrepresented information in their tax filings and violated a New York law by failing to adopt a whistleblower policy. NRA General Counsel John Fraser and retired finance chief Wilson Phillips were also named defendants. Phillips was ordered to pay $2 million bucks in damages to the NRA. Fraser was found to have violated his duties, but was not ordered to repay anything. The bronze Jackie Robinson cleats that were left behind when a statue, of course, of the first player to break the color barrier in MLB, was stolen from a Kansas park. They're being donated now to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Uh, thieves, they cut the statue off at its ankles last month, leaving only the feet behind at a Wichita park, uh, where about 600 children play in a youth baseball league called League 42. It's named, of course, after Robinson's uniform number with the Brooklyn Dodgers, with whom he broke the color barrier in the majors in 1947. The Negro League Museum in Kansas City, Missouri, they have plans to incorporate the cleats in a display. The former president's lawyers, they've now asked the judge to suspend that over $83 million defamation verdict against him, saying there was, quote, a strong probability that it would be reduced on appeal, if not eliminated outright. The lawyers made the request in a filing late on Friday in Manhattan Federal Court. A Manhattan jury, of course, they awarded the sum to advice columnist E. Jean Carroll back in late January after hearing evidence at a five-day damages trial that the writer's life had been harmed by Trump's repeated insistence that she made up her claims against him to promote a book and damage him politically. Meanwhile, there's a former auction house executive that says that the explanation that he was given for the source of 13 pages of drafts of lyrics to the Eagles' Hotel California, it raised some red flags. Former Christie's Manuscripts Chief Tom Leckie testified on Friday at the criminal trial surrounding pages from, from the writing of one of Classic Rock's biggest hits. Lecky says that he developed qualms back in 2015 after the would-be seller said that he got them from a writer who worked with the band on a never-published biography. Yet he acknowledged that after leaving Christie's, he asked the seller again about potentially marketing them. On trial are three collectibles professionals who had the pages at various points. They have pleaded not guilty to the charges, including conspiracy to criminally possess stolen property. Uh, 
In other news, the staggering civil fraud judgment against the former president was finalized by a county clerk in New York on Friday. The procedural step makes official a verdict that put the former president on the hook for more than $454 million in fines and also interest. But it also starts the 30-day clock for Trump to appeal. In the meantime, his dev will rack up daily interest, totaling nearly $112,000 a day. A judge, of course, ordered the former president to pay the sum in a ruling last week that, he, that found that he inflated his wealth for years in order to build his real estate empire. Trump has denied any wrongdoing, and he's vowed to appeal. And finally, time really flies, you can tell, about <laughs> hosting a show five days a week, or at least in podcast form with a new episode. Time really does fly fast, uh, because Late Night with Seth Meyers turned 10 years old on Saturday. Uh, Meyers will mark the occasion on the show today with fellow SN- SNL alum Amy Poehler. In a conversation with the Associated Press, Myers admitted it took some time to feel comfortable, but now it's the vibe. He sits at a desk the entire show instead of standing for a monologue and opts for casual clothing over a traditional suit. His interview style is more off-the-cuff than rehearsed talking points, and he says his favorite guests are those without an agenda. Turns out me and Seth Myers are one alike. Uh, I opt for casual clothing over a traditional suit, but, you know, when the, the situation for work calls for it, I will put on a suit. It's the vibe. <laughs> uh, time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Monday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and how Mets fans are getting that unnerving feeling when a treasured player is nearing free agency. Mets owner Steve Cohen says he doesn't anticipate resolving Pete Alonso's future with the team until after the season is over. Uh, we're gonna talk together the latest national news in Michigan in Decision 2024. The Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley says that it's not the end of our story, despite the former president's easy primary victory in South Carolina. And at the end of the broadcast today, apparently, a bracing swim in the great outdoors could be just the thing to help you cope with your anxiety, at least according to one expert with a pond load of first-hand experience. Gonna talk about this and a lot more, too, of course, folks, when the update with Brandon Julian on a Monday in the start of a brand new week uh, continues in just a moment. Brandon Julian. Honestly, people, I would do anything for my wife. Tommy, but I know I'm not the best romantic person out there. There are more people that are more romantic than I am. Did you know, folks, that a long, long time ago, Prince Edward abdicated his right to the English throne to the woman he loved? Isn't that unbelievable? He had to choose between the woman he loved or being king of England. And that idiot chose the girl 
Now, I'm sure, folks, that it was the right moment at that exact moment in time, and I'm happily in a relationship with my wife. But even in the best of moments, each person in a relationship has had a time where they thought, I've made an enormous mistake. But you know what, folks? I bet you never thought I could have been King of England. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, that's a big holiday tradition, you know, it's fruitcake. I love all the holiday traditions, as Jim Gavigan once said. You know, like the Christmas tree. My birthday's right next to Christmas. Christmas tree, you know, we go chop a tree, we go put it in our living room. Sometimes I think that's the creation of a drunk man, really. Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna decorate it for Jesus. And then I'm gonna hang my socks over the fireplace. Fill them with candy. Maybe I can tie some leaves to a signal, see if I can get some action. And now I'm gonna peek on this catch. Merry Christmas. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Through the first half of 2024, F-trains will run on the E-line at all times in both directions, between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M-trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hill 71st Avenue. Trains will run between 57th Street on the F-line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. 
The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street Queensbridge and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Through early 2024, Manhattan-bound 7 trains are skipping 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights because of station improvements. For nearby service, use a flushing-bound 7 train or use the Q32 or Q48 buses on days and evenings along Roosevelt Avenue. Through the summer of 2024, Manhattan-bound J and Z trains are skipping 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of station improvements. For nearby service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B-60, M-116, Q-4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited until March 30th. Transfers on all other lines must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 Select Bus Service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other Select Bus Service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. Spring training continues to go on in the various places in Florida and Arizona. Out in the desert, in the American West in Phoenix, uh, in a recap of some spring training headlines, uh, Marcus Stroman, he threw two and a third innings in his first spring training start with the Yanks yesterday, giving up three runs on four hits and a walk. Uh, the 32-year-old grew up on Long Island, about 55 miles from Yankee Stadium. Uh, he signed a two-year, $37 million deal in the offseason. Stroman threw 31 of his 52 pitches for strikes in a split-squad game against the Phillies. Uh, also, yesterday, Mets fans got some not-so-good news, as Kodai Senga, the rookie right-hander, won't throw for about three weeks, as the team sees how his ailing shoulder responds to a platelet-rich plasma 
in Jackson. We've been down this road many times as a fellow Mets fan myself about treasured players in the Mets system that are at the end of their contract and are free agents at the end of the year. It happened with Jacob deGrom not too long ago. So Mets fans started to get that unnerving feeling once again when they learned that Steve Cohen, the owner of the Metropolitans, doesn't anticipate resolving Pete Alonso's future with the team until after the season is over. The 29-year-old three-time All-Star is eligible for free agency when the World Series concludes. He hired Scott Boris as an agent last fall and avoided arbitration last month by agreeing to a one-year, $20.5 million contract. The first baseman has 192 homers in five seasons. Cohen says in a preview of the Mets' official podcast, quote, I don't expect anything to transpire before Pete reaches free agency. And from the diamond, let's go out to the ice at the Rock in Newark. Devils taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Nikita Kucherov had a goal and three assists and became the first player in the league to reach 100 points this season in leading the Lightning to a much-needed 4-1 win over the Devils. Assists of the season and also added his 38th goal. He leads the entire NHL with 102 points. Tyre Toffoli scored his 25th goal of the season for the Devils, who are 2-9-1 in the second half of back-to-back games. Uh, Akira Schmid had 23 saves for Jersey. Decision in 2024 and uh, talking about the weather. It feels rather warm around here, of course. <laughs> As uh, a large swath of this country is feeling like springtime. We'll talk about that in more because national news. It is next for us around here, of course, when the update Brandon Julian continues. But first, we do have to let you know about this. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Well, maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, of course, but it's always nice to look back on the past. It helps us grow as people. Plus, you know, you always have those moments where you're like, oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And in our new series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this program. I've always said over the years that my producers, they love an excuse to have a party. Every weekend, we're going to go into the update vault and play you some episodes from throughout the many years of this program. And in my new special series, where I look back at my favorite episodes from throughout the many years of this show, once a month, I'll play a select episode from that list. I have a whole list of favorite episodes, and we'll play that for you. It's a big party, of course, and you and your friends are all invited. And if you don't know we're having a big party, you will, after you hear this soundbite, declaring that we are having a big party. 
So, every weekend, we'll go look out for the update vaults, play some of our episodes from throughout the many years of this show. And, of course, also once a month, look out for uh, the list of my favorite episodes from throughout the years. Keep listening, of course, folks, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless you can't uh, remember that party from, you know, the night before. (laughs) Now, of course, the update of Brandon Julian will be right back after these messages. And isn't this exciting, folks? Wow. Oh, don't laugh. Get up notice, but some of you didn't. But uh, that actually is pretty darn good. My producers are getting better last year. For a surprise, they left me a 4th of July wiener. I uh, found it on the inside of the couch. All right, it is my duty now to send you back to the remainder of this program. So go, go there now. Brandon Julian. You know, Valentine's Day coming up. We surprise the ones we love with those big red hearts, you know, filled with the gamble chocolate. Think about it. Has anybody ever eaten any chocolate of those with any confidence? You're like, oh, this is either going to be really good or horribly nasty. Guess I'm just big enough to find out. Oh, I got the one filled with toothpaste. Gonna take another nine of those to get rid of that flavor. You know, there's a big red heart filled with the gamble chocolate, otherwise there's the tiny heart-shaped antacids. I know I make you nauseous. Here's a Tom's with Hug Me written on it. You know, maybe that'll help. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question, and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives. But he was there beside me. And my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. From New York, home of your NCAA men's champion, UConn Huskies. This is the update with Brandon Juliet. Available wherever you're listening to podcasts. Welcome back uh, to the update with Brandon Julian on a Monday, everyone. Uh, 
Start of a brand new week for us together around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us as it finally starts to feel like springtime around here after the cold of winter being done with. And it's not just here it feels warm, it's warm, or at least feels like it, across much of this country. We'll talk about that momentarily. But let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin out of Troy in Michigan with Decision 2024. Uh, Nikki Haley, the uh, Republican presidential candidate, says that it's not the end of our story, uh, despite the former president's easy primary victory in South Carolina. Haley had long suggested that her home state would show her competitiveness with the former president, but defying the calls from South Carolina Republicans to exit the race, Haley scheduled a rally last night in Michigan, which holds its primary tomorrow. With his win in the first in the South election, Trump has now swept every contest in the GOP's early season calendar that awards delegates. His performances has left little maneuvering room for Haley, his former U.N. ambassador. In other news, we're going to go down to Edmond out of Oklahoma. Vigils across this country took place for a teenager next Benedict, who died the day after a fight in a high school bathroom. Benedict was a non-binary student who said they were the target of bullying. Vigils were held at location including in Boston, New York, Minneapolis, and Huntington Beach in California over the weekend. Others were held or planned in several states, including Washington, New Jersey, New York, and Texas. The 16-year-old Benedict got into an altercation with three girls in an uh, Owasso high school bathroom. Police say that Benedict's death was not a result of injuries suffered in the fight, based on at least the preliminary autopsy results. In Washington, the president is going to convene the top four congressional leaders at the White House tomorrow to discuss the emergency aid package for Ukraine and Israel, as well as avoiding a government shutdown set for next month. That's at least according to a White House official who spoke anonymously to discuss a meeting that was not yet publicly confirmed. The top four leaders, of course, include House Speaker Mike Johnson, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries, and the Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell. The Republican-led House, of course, is facing lots of pressure to pass a $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and other national security priorities. Up north in Omaha, Nebraska, we're talking about the weather, which we only address on this program, as you know, when the weather is bad. But surprisingly, it's not. There's a warm front that is sweeping spring-like weather across a large swath of this country in what is usually one of the coldest months of the entire year. The rare warm-up is sending people out of their homes to enjoy the, to enjoy the winter respite, but it's also bringing the increased danger of fires. The temperature yesterday in Omaha, Nebraska, broke 65 degrees, 
on a day when the average high temperature is around the freezing mark. Temperatures also reach into the 60s in Denver, Chicago, and in Des Moines in Iowa. Kansas City, they saw temperatures in the mid-70s. The National Weather Service, they've issued red flag warnings and fire weather watches for nearly a dozen states in the heartland of America. Back here in the city of New York, uh, in two days from now, we get something that we don't get all too often, uh, a leap year. It's a delight, of course, for the calendar and for the math nerds among us. So you might be wondering, how did it all begin, and why? Well, ancient civilizations, they had calendars that made periodic corrections to realign with lunar and solar cycles. But it was Julius Caesar who put into practice what we now consider leap years back in 46 B.C. In large part, the idea was to keep the months in sync with annual events, including equinoxes and solstices. Uh, Pope Gregory XIII in the late 16th century calibrated even further. His Gregorian calendar, it still remains in use today. He wanted to make sure that the time for Easter, it didn't drift on the calendar. See? The more you know. And finally, uh, Oppenheimer. They continued to just steamroll through the award season for Hollywood on Saturday, winning the top prize for Outstanding Cast, along with awards for Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr., at 30th Screen Actors Guild Awards. Lily Gladstone won for her leading performance in Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Killian Murphy, of course, won Outstanding Male Actor in a Leading Role for his performance as J. Robert Oppenheimer, uh, landing him his first SAG Award. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Divine Joy Randolph each won for their supporting performances, solidifying their status as Oscar favorites. The ceremony, it streamed live on Netflix. Apparently, a bracing swim in the great outdoors, it could be just the thing to help you cope with your anxiety. At least that's according to one expert with a pond load of first-hand experience. Going to talk about this, folks, because your honorable mention is next. When the up to your brain and Julian continues. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. Your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. If there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. My dad wasn't around, and I remember riding a bike and falling off and cutting myself, and me never just wanting to get back on it. People ask, how your children learn how to ride a bike, and you didn't. I didn't teach them. I just created an environment where they taught themselves, and all I had to do was be there. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
Brandon Julia. You know, folks, if you really do think about it in this day and age, it's a good thing that we can't report people that we don't like to 911 or the police. Could you imagine how that call would go? You know, it'd be like, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, that lady Carol is at the barbecue again. <laughs> this is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back uh, to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Monday, everyone. Start of a brand new week for us together around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, folks, there's just enough time left today, of course, for your honorable mention. And apparently, we should all just go have a jump in a lake. No, I'm not making this up either. Although, it technically, I probably could. You know, whenever you see anything crazy on TV or, uh, like, on YouTube, like, you can't, like, you can't make this up. To which the answer is, actually, you could. Uh, that's why Hollywood exists. <laughs> they can make something not believable and absolutely make it believable. But apparently... Apparently, a bracing swim in the great outdoors could be just the thing to help you cope with your anxiety, at least according to one expert with a pond load of first-hand experience. Uh, 42-year-old therapist Jenny Favel uh, discovered the healing power of water way back in 2020. You know, the COVID times. Those were just fun. Uh, During a time in her life where she felt overwhelmed by her own mental health issues, her mother's terminal cancer diagnosis, and with increased demands on her time at work. Favel said, quote, I did the usual thing most that most humans do. I kept going and tried to support and look after everybody. Uh, but she told SWNS, quote, after about six months, I was on my knees. I couldn't cope. My brain just wouldn't work, and I was crippled with anxiety. Uh, Favel from uh, Linlithgow in the UK was at her wit's end when her brother, an enthusiastic swimmer, uh, dragged the nature-shy nurturer along for a dip in one of Scotland's legendary locks. Taking the natural curve, she says, cure changed her life. Uh, Favel confessed, quote, I was never an outdoorsy person. I always wanted heat and holidays abroad. Uh, I wasn't really expecting anything from it, but it just gave me a couple of minutes of rest in my mind. It taught me that I can control my brain, that I will be all right. And that was it. Uh, back at home, under a warm blanket, Favel began researching ther- therapeutic. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna get the word out. Uh, theropathic, therapeutic, good boy, therapeutic swimming, or cold water therapy. Learning about world famous endurance swimmer Wim Hof, and digging into a variety of studies that deal with the positive impact of cold water on the body. Favo quickly developed a habit joining friends each week for outdoor swimming. 
Soon she noticed that her mental health was improving and that her anxiety and chronic pain were starting to ebb. She said, quote, I live opposite a lovely little freshwater lagoon with a lot of which a lot of wild swimmers go to. And I managed to arrange to meet an older lady and her friend to go for a swim. Uh, that's where I met my closest outdoor swimming friends. We call ourselves the Swim Sisters. Uh, at that point, we'd only been living in Scotland for a few years, and I hadn't really settled in that well. Uh, I was suffering with anxiety, and that was quite an obstacle for me. I didn't feel confident enough to go along and join a big established swim group. We'd go uh, once a fortnight or once a week, and I haven't stopped since. Uh, if anything, it's actually increased. Now, four years later, after seeing herself transformed, Fobble now teaches others how to give themselves that same gift. Uh, for her, or she's being for me, <laughs> if I'm feeling particularly anxious or overwhelmed, it just gives me a little bit of peace and quiet. It's uh, like a mental reset. It forces me into a bit of mindfulness. It's good for insomnia, people with depression are finding it helpful, and there are reports and studies now that it eases menopause symptoms. I thought there must be a lot of people who could benefit from this. How do we teach them? Well, after training to be a cold water therapist, as well as taking courses in mindfulness for stress reduction and emergency aid, Favel now organizes retreats and swimming sessions for anyone that's interested. Uh, on a first session, said Jenny, there's always a lots of nerves, which I encourage them to reclassify as excitement. Uh, I'd say the majority of people do it for their mental health, to give themselves a mindful break or just to get outdoors. Uh, from the customers I've had over the past 12 months, I've never had anyone say that it was horrendous, and they never do it again. They told me that they thought it was amazing, and many of them now continue to swim together. They're saying the same things I did when I first started it. I feel massively privileged to be able to take people for their first experience or to help people explore, explore the therapeutic benefits. Which is exactly like me. I don't like being inside my house all that much. So whenever possible, I just get outside and enjoy uh, enjoy the fresh air. Although um, my wife is slowly, I think, maybe converting me back into an introvert. Or at least an introvert where she's around. I, <laughs> I will let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Monday, February the 26th. 2024. That is the update on this Monday. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. Another list, another episode from my list of favorite episodes. It comes in March, and we'll tell you when in March when we actually cross over into March. Uh, but until then, or the next time we get together, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and uh, Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please, uh, please be well. And, uh, honey, uh, I'm gonna be home faster, faster than you can say, uh, what are you doing home so early now? 
Our season finale is tomorrow before we jump into year number seven of this program. Seven years. Where's the time going? And boy, I got a good show for you tomorrow. I'll tell you about it when I see all of you right back here tomorrow. See you then.